0: it's your boy, John of Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, on today's episode, we have Chris Eisman of NorthJersey.com, Bergen Record. Um, we talk about uh, where we are at with free agency impending in a little bit more than two days from now because um, we're recording this. We recorded this at uh, about 1.30 on Friday afternoon. Um, but before I play that interview, I just wanted to give a quick public service announcement. Um, as you may have noticed, the Nick Film School Twitter account uh, has been temporarily suspended. Um, I can't. I, don't, I probably shouldn't go into detail as to to why. And actually, Twitter um, is has been a little vague about it but I'll just say it was nothing serious and um, it's like uh, something to do with a copyright infringement on something posted uh, a very long time ago and yeah. um, So if you're listening to this and you're like, why is the account no longer there? Did they block me? Uh, No, JB, I don't think has ever blocked anyone in his life um, and he did not block you. Uh, but we are working to get it back up and running, get things back online in time for all of the craziness that will uh, certainly ensue uh, by the end of this weekend and then going forward into next week. So uh, just stay with us and if uh, in the meantime you want to make sure to get all of the you know latest breaking news and or rumors – emphasis on rumors as you're about to hear uh, Chris Eisman emphasize – um, you can, if you are not following me, you can follow me already um, at uh, on Twitter at JC Macri MBA, um, or you can follow uh, Jeff Balones, uh, who obviously runs Nick Film School. You could follow his his personal account where he'll be tweeting a bunch of stuff out from that, um, and you could just uh, put uh, Jeffrey Balone in your Twitter. Twitter search box. I guess that's the way to say it. Sure. Why not? Um, Yeah. So either way, we will get every piece of information out to you that you need. Um, And I think that's it. So without further ado, uh, here is what was a very enjoyable and entertaining and informative interview with Chris Eisman. All right. So we have on with us um, about Oh, it'll be fifty-four hours away from uh, the beginning of the the beginning of the end, I guess. Uh, Chris Eisman of NorthJersey.com, dot uh, com, Bergen Record. Chris, um, I would ask you how you're doing, but it, it, it sounds like you're doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing all right.
1: You know, at this <laughs> point, just fast forward to Sunday at six p.m. and all the speculation can start to end.
0: Well, so why don't we start there? It's like you know we've heard from. Stein, we've heard from Woj, we, we've heard, you know, Beggs had the report today. Does anyone know anything right now, as best as you could tell?
1: Well, I, I mean, I think that it's a lot, of, a lot of hearsay from people who are familiar with the players, because obviously Durant and Kleiman aren't putting stuff out there. Um, you know, Kyrie's, I think he probably, you know, who knows with him, he's a stranger personality. Um, but I think it's a lot of just hearsay what people, you know, who think that they know what's happening are, are kind of saying. And it's a lot of just conjecture at this point. I mean, but it's like we should, I feel like we should all just take like the next two days off and then just reconvene <laughs> on Sunday night. Like, just Get off Twitter, just leave everything behind for a couple of days, go out and enjoy the weekend. And then we'll come back because at this point, what is possibly going to happen that we are haven't already heard?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me that the the only message that we're getting from durant's camp is basically don't pay attention to anything you're hearing right. so it's like why you know why are we all you know sitting around <laughs> and and worrying about it cuz you know what can we do right. um, i so i'm curious because like you know for, okay so we say that and yet Everybody, everybody, you know, every reporter, everybody sitting at home on their laptop like me, um, you know, just like fans keeping track of this stuff. Everybody's trying to get information. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, on the other side of the, the coin, so to speak, there is, you know, obviously an incentive for different, um, I'll call them different players in, in all these different situations, teams, agents, what what have you, to get certain messages out there someone in your shoes when you're, cause I'm sure you're hearing, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you like, what can you like just for a second? And I, I don't want, want to spend too long on this, but I'm, sure. I'm genuinely curious. What's your process? Like you hear something, you know, do you, it's like, all right, let me go try to corroborate this with someone else. Or d- does it change every time? Like what, what is this time period like for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a little crazy. Cause obviously, you know, you hear a lot of different rumors and, and, and just, You know, what could be rumors and then you try and get it look into it further, but then you realize that people don't really know enough to really kind of nail anything down. So it's 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 just it's a lot of hearsay, like I said. And you're just sort of trying to figure out what seems to make the most sense and um trying to find people who might know. But at the end of the day, the people who do know aren't saying anything. So you you sort of just keep running into dead ends. It's just it's a crazy time. It really is. But um you know it's just it's it's just a lot, a lot of stuff flying around that that no one truly knows what's gonna happen.
0: Um, you've now covered the team for going on a year and a half. Um, do you do you have a sense of how they're feeling about things right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think they're going into this um, kind of cautiously optimistic, I'll say. because I don't think that they're out on anybody and I think that they realize that Um, even when like the it seemed like a foregone conclusion in recent weeks that Kyrie was heading to the Nets I know the Knicks still believed that they were still in play um, because they just felt like Kyrie wouldn't make a decision until like nothing was final until he actually said like this is what I'm going to do you know Um, and I think that that's the kind of approach with Durant in a lot of ways too. So I don't think that they, I think that they're feeling like they still have a shot at everything, and um, they're ready to kind of adjust if they need to. But I think at this point, I think they're feeling like I said, like they have a chance, and that they're, they're not out of, of out of the game for any of these guys.
0: Um, do, I'm, just your. Personal opinion, because um, I was actually thinking about this this morning when I was writing the newsletter. What, who do you think makes the first decision? Um, out, out of the all the, the guys that are out there.
1: You know, that's a really good question. Um, I think I have a hard time believing that, like Kevin Durant, is going to sit and wait for Kyrie to make his decision. I'm um, of of the like, same mind with you. It just I seems agree. very, very unlikely to me that he's going to act like the second fiddle in any of this. Um, so I really think that it's going to be Durant to make the first move. And then if, like, he goes to the Knicks, well, then it's up to Kyrie to say, do I still want to go to Brooklyn or do I want to go to the Knicks with Durant? And, um, I just – I have a hard time believing that. And I think, you know, I think Kawhi could take a little bit longer because I think there's a chance that he actually, like, the meeting process goes a few more extra days. But So I think I could – I'll predict that Durant is the first – Monopoly or a first domino to
0: fall. I, I had a theory that I'll I'll run by you because it, um, I saw who we were, we were just talking about. Um, Love you, Frank. Um, he reported a few days ago that the Knicks were going to get a meeting with Kawhi, um, and then we heard. Uh, I'm blanking on who said it, but within the last 24 hours, I want to say somebody basically was like, "Well, they're trying to get a meeting," and then Chris Carter, who's Apparently in touch with Kawhi, or his people said yesterday or tweeted yesterday that they are the Knicks are are flying to L.A. with the are planning on a meeting or they or trying to get a, something. But it wasn't like they have a meeting, right? I kind of think that whether they get that meeting may depend on what happens with Durant. Do you do you think that that theory is nuts?
1: No, I mean I think that. Um I think that they're going to get a meeting regardless. I think okay. that, uh, I don't know. I just, I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't, but you never know. I mean, it, it's, it's, everything's fluid. It depends on what Kawhi's feeling at this point and, and once things get going on Sunday. But I, I, I would expect them to be able to get a meeting.
0: Um, do you, inter- so we've, <laughs> we're now hearing that, like, speaking of meetings, that Durant, um, Durant might not even, might even not even take meetings and, you know, we heard from him, I guess, what whatever it was, a month or so ago. You know, I'm Kevin Durant, I can't be sold. Uh do you, do you think the actual meeting, like the, the 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 formality of a meeting is a big deal to them, or are they just kinda like, you know, Whatever he, whatever he decides to do, he'll, he'll, he'll do. Where, where do you think their mindset is is at on that end, if you had to guess?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, a meeting might not necessarily – like, they're not going into it kind of saying, like, um, this is going to be – you know, how they come across in this meeting is going to be my final decision. Their sure, mind's yeah. not made up yet. But I think that a team can maybe hurt themselves in a meeting. Like, maybe <laughs> if a guy – you know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. just – it doesn't – if they don't click, if – um, the presentation doesn't come off as that good. I think a team could hurt their chances, um, but I, I find it hard to believe that like Kevin Durant would go into any of these meetings completely, um, you know, just having not made up his or not made, having made up his mind, but not having at least a pretty good feeling of what he's expecting to do. And maybe something there changes, but I, I don't know how much a team can really like. You know, he knows everything about these teams. I mean, there's they're not a whole lot of secrets, so.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's so it's interesting because they, you know, they've spent this whole year kind of rebrand not I don't want to say rebranding themselves, but they're you know, if they had the the big banner to hang above the garden, it would it would read something like uh New York Knicks players, you know, want to play here. Um and now here we are at like the precipice of whether we're going to find out just how true that is. Yeah. I just like overall you know, and I know we've kind of touched on this a couple of times that you've been on, but do you do you think they've been successful in that this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I think that they're, um, I think that they've put themselves in a hell of a lot better position than they have been for the last you know ten, fifteen, twenty years, um, where I think there's a, there's definitely a, a better perception of the team. Um, but you know, again, like you said, it's, it's really this is where you're going to see just how successful they've been. I, I think that I think they're they're the thing with you know, and I know that at least this is more opinion on my part. But please, yeah, going going seventeen sixty five. I, I get that people wanted, you know, fans wanted a, a high draft pick and everything, but that's also something that you now have to overcome in in this process where you have to sell a free agent on, you know. Okay, yes, we were the worst team in the league, but this is what we think we can become with you here. You know, it's, it's, I think that that's something that they have to overcome. So maybe the perception's better, but they're still, they were still a bad team. And, well, not just the bad team, they were were the the worst worst team. The worst team. (laughs) The worst team. So they have to try and sell that to free agents and show that, like, that's not indicative of the way that they're running the organization. Um, And that's something that they have to, you know, I think that they can be successful in doing that, but it's just, it's, it's, I think the perceptions change, but I I still think that there are some things that they're going to have to kind of work through. That that can be, they can do that, but it's just, it's one more part of that
0: process. Well, and everything we've been hearing is that the way that they're going to try to do that is to um, be, I don't know how else to say it, be good next season. Um, Yeah. You know, bringing in players, which I think leads to, you know, uh, the next part of the, the discussion, which is that, all right, they they want to be good. Um it's clear from the names that are being tossed out there, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, Julius Randle, um you know, Bobby Portis, uh, Terry Rozier. It these I perceive it as they are going to be looking on the market for basically the most talented guys that they could get potentially on short deals. Yeah. Do, again just your opinion do, do you think that that's the best way to go yeah i mean i, I think you're saying if they strike on
1: everybody yeah, yeah if they, oh, yeah, if yeah, they yeah.
0: miss the top guys
1: yeah if they miss it yeah i think so i think you want to preserve that financial flexibility um and, and kind of see what happens next season and, and just give yourselves the give yourself a room to kind of make maneuvers going down the line i don't think that they want to hand out huge contracts i i I know that if they're going to give out significant contracts, it's going to be the guys who can immediately elevate the organization to a serious contender, either now or sooner than later. You know, if it's Durant, obviously, it's not going to be next season because he's hurt, but, you know, he's going to put them on the path immediately toward doing so. They're not going to give out big contracts to guys who could just make them, you know, pretty good. Maybe, you know, you get into the playoffs, but you're not going to be necessarily the type of team that you would be with a Kevin Durant in the future or a Kyrie or, or even a Kawhi Leonard. So, yeah, I mean, I think that if they miss out on everybody, then they're going to preserve that flexibility, bring in talented veterans who can help kind of bring the young guys along, um, try to be competitive at least next
0: season, and then see where you stand
1: in, in 2020.
0: Um, do you do you think that they're in a place where that is going to work? And what I, what I mean by that is like – You know, we, we see the best organizations like the, you know, it happens every year. So the Spurs will get somebody that's like Mm -hmm. talented and like, oh, that's going to be a great fit. Like you just know it's going to work out. Like Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay was a guy who had question marks throughout his, not question marks, but like he was a flawed player throughout Mm -hmm. his career, goes to the Spurs. Is he's perfect? No, but they figure out a way to use him and maximize his talents as opposed to like last summer. Jabari Parker went to the Bulls and again Jabari Parker's a talented guy but everybody the second that happened was like oh this is going to be a disaster and <laughs> yeah. predictably it was and I guess it's it's similar to what, you know what I asked you before but do you do you like I feel like there's a threshold that you have to cross as a team to be able to take in guys and just like figure it out and make it work where, where do you think that they they stand at that point
1: um that's a tough. I mean, I, I think that they can make it work uh, but I think that that's where because it, I think the fact that they have young guys they can kind of it's not like they have a team of veterans already and then they're adding another one and they're going to have to try and find the chemistry like the young guys they're kind of going to have to do whatever they're told for lack of a better term you know like so <laughs> yeah, there shouldn't like be that. any issues with that it's just yeah. that they're going to have to kind of adjust to the way that Fisdale wants them to play and and the way that the new veteran plays, and they're going to have to adjust to that. So it's not like they have a bunch of guys who are set in their ways. Um, I think that they can be kind of changed and, and developed. So I think that that's where, you know, Fizzo really has to earn his paycheck.
0: Yeah, and I, I was thinking this too, because like he, you know, he's not known as an X's in those guys, although I think maybe the – the notion that they didn't like run any kind of an offense is a little bit overblown. I just think it was run very poorly by, by guys who weren't terribly good, yeah. but you know, they, it seems like this is a guy that they hired in part because of how he um, is able to get through to players. And yeah. it, it, one would think that the whole reason you feel comfortable bringing in a Boogie Cousins, just for example, to, to throw a name out there um, is because you feel like he could, he could be the guy that gets through to that player. Well, he- yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I,
1: I think that that's his, that's the job that, you know, you want him to kind of take on. Um, yeah, I, I, I heard the Boogie Cousins things. I don't know if he'd be a great guy for them, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's Fizdale's, you know, Boogie might be a tougher guy to get through than, than some of those other, like a Julius Randall or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's Fizz's you know, Fizdale's sort of his strength. So, you know, it's going to be, he might have to put it to the test.
0: Yeah. Um, You mentioned Randall. What uh, have you heard anything on, on that end with you about Julius and their interest? Nothing.
1: Yeah. Nothing beyond what's already been out there. I mean, I know that um, that they're interested and, and I have heard, you know, I know Ian Begley uh, put it out there too. He reported it. Um, And I've heard something similar that they're, you know, they like Bobby Portis and he's a, he's a potential option. So, um, you know, I think that those are the types of guys that they could target.
0: Yeah, I know, and they're both younger, which is why – and I want to touch on him for a second. D'Angelo Russell, it's almost – it's almost curious to me that of all of the like, – because even though I know that they've said they're not, they're not going to sign guys who, as you said, are going to elevate them to a certain level but not to a contender status. It's really interesting to me that it, – it, I don't want to say that they've gone out of their way to, to – you know, avoid there being conversation about D'Angelo to the Knicks, right. but the fact that there hasn't been anything out there and there's a very good, you know, strong possibility that he becomes an unrestricted free agency or an unrestricted free agent. Do you, is there anything there that you think, I don't know, cause he's, he's young, you know, if it's a timeline or, or maybe I guess this is a good way to ask a different question. Are they still invested in Dennis Smith Jr. As, as the potential point guard of the future here? Assuming you know Kyrie Irving doesn't walk through the door.
1: Yeah, I, I think that they they like Dennis Smith Jr. But I also don't think that they would be opposed to an upgrade at the right price. Um, okay. The problem is like is is I like the Russell a lot, but is he the guy that you want to commit money to? Because I'm sure he's going to want to get paid and he's going to want a good contract. I mean, is he the type of guy that you want to commit money to for a certain amount of time? Um, you know, I, I think that he, there, that's an option, but I, I sort of find it hard to believe that that's where he'll end up.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I I don't see it either. It's just, I, I don't know. I was wondering if there was maybe anything there I was missing. Yeah, no, nothing beyond what's already been out there, at least that I have heard. Okay. Um, a couple more and then I'll, I'll get you out of here because, I, oh. I, as you said, you have a, a very, very productive day ahead of you. Oh, of
1: course.
0: <laughs> Every day. Every day. Um <laughs> Let's. I don't want to put this out in the universe, but actually, no. Let me start by this. I'm not going to go to the, the negative. I was going to ask you a negative tinged question. I'll, I'll start with the positive. If they get one of these guys, let's just say they get the rant. Um, do you? How far do you think that will go? Specifically, Durant. How far do you think that will go, if at all, towards changing the larger narrative? Um, and I don't mean the way that you report on this team. You report on the team accurately and, like, you stay away from what everybody else is saying and you just – you report the facts, which I very much appreciate. But there is a larger narrative that tends to surround this team that it's it's the same old Knicks and they'll be the same old Knicks until they're not the same old Knicks. Do you think if Durant came here that that, that would be a significant factor in, in changing that?
1: Um, yes. I, I think that it would certainly help. Um, and then, of course, it's just – then they're going to have to prove that, you know, they can kind of um, make it work in the long run. Sure, yeah. um, The problem is that, like, the same old Knicks narrative, though, at that point is going to continue if he comes back from the injury and is not nearly the same type of player that he was. And now they owe him all this money and it's like, oh, same old Knicks. They went out and got the guy and now he, you you know, so I think, like, it's, I think signing him, getting him in the building is is a step in the right direction, but I think that there are other steps that they would have to take, and, and a lot of it's out of their control. I mean, if you sign the guy and he's not, you know, what he you expected him to be, then that's, I mean, it, injuries are, you can't predict how a guy's going to come back necessarily, but there's always going to be a camp What Ruth says and maybe rightly or wrongly that, you know, they should have, they shouldn't have taken this risk that they weren't in position to, to take a gamble on this type of injury. Um, you know, did they really, you know, evaluate all the medical information that they possibly could. So I think that there's always going to be kind of that thought that if it doesn't work out, the Knicks didn't do what they should have done in this process. But, and some of that's unfair. Some of it might be fair, but, um, but I, I certainly think that if they at least get his name, you know, on the dotted line, then I think that that, that will certainly um, help to change the narrative a bit.
0: W- would you Would you sign him to the full four year max? Um, put a, put on your GM head for a second. To be honest,
1: yeah, no, I, I I probably wouldn't.
0: Okay, interesting. No, I, I mean, look, uh, there's there's a lot of very smart people who, are and I'm I'm like not I'm not sold on it as the right move. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's I don't know. I, I, it's interesting. I wonder how many people share your opinion, like in, in basketball, like people who cover the sport and whatnot. Um, what do you think? It's just too big of a risk.
1: I think that just this injury is so difficult yeah. to kind of. It's just a. It's a very very tough injury, and like I just like I said earlier, if you, There are teams that can afford to take that risk, and I'm not sure if the Knicks are one of them. Like, I feel like they have to really be a lot more careful than every other team. Look, Durant could come back from this and be the same guy or close to it, or he could struggle, and he's going to be 32 when he comes back. He's, you know, a lot of mileage on those legs, so that there's that factor also. You're, you're, the window on his prime at that point is closing. That's all factors that you have to consider, and do you want to bring in the guy and then, you know, It's just I think that there's there's a risk involved, and the Knicks are really going to have to make sure that they do everything they possibly can to make sure that if they do sign him, it's the right move.
0: Well, and to that end, the report that came out the other well, I don't know if I should call it a report. Stephen A. got on and said that that Dolan, you know, um, would like to well wants to make sure. What was it? The medical records are gone over with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that he's you know a little bit reticent about making that move or something like that. Yeah, I Knicks fans shouldn't take that as a sign that like. Dolan is back involved in the running of of basketball, should they
1: um, no i I think that that 's just a, a guy who's about to you know could be paying one hundred and sixty four million dollars to a to a player i mean i think that <laughs> if I think if anybody would want to know you know if you 're about to spend that much money, I think you 'd want to know where it 's going and, and making sure that you 're not going to be wasting a, a ton of money
0: um, so the other side of of the question that i was I was going to ask before i 'll ask it now um, if they don 't get him um, I I think there will be some people out there who will say, you know, the injury changed things, and and you know if he was healthy, it would have it would have played out the way the Knicks thought it was going to play out, and and there will almost be um, not a not a forgiveness for the the opening up the cap space by trading Porzingis, which is a whole another conversation that we don't need that right now, but I, I think there'll be that that angle will be out there. But I think it will be i'm I'm wondering if it will be overshadowed by the thought of as long as James Dolan owns his team they're never going to get someone big do you do you think that there's validity to that again not knowing what's going to happen but let's say they didn't get the rant yeah. after all of this
1: oh I think that 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 narrative and that thought will always be out there for as long as he's the owner um that just as long as he's there that they're never going to get in the you know headed in the right direction um yeah i mean absolutely i think that that's, I don't, i'm not sure if that's ever going to go away i think it'll go away if they if you know they they strike out on him and all the you know the top tier guys and then they you know they continue to, to kind of you know build from within and that, um you know maybe become a competitive team this year and continue to make those incremental improvements i think then at that point maybe it starts to go away but i and at the end of the day, as long as he's the owner, that's always going to exist.
0: And and that you perfect transition to the last thing I want to ask you. It like we could put all the lipstick on on the pig that we want, but if they don't get the Durant, if, you know, even with the injury, it, it's going to be. I don't want to use the word devastating blow, but it's going to be a blow. Um, it, it's going to be a real blow. And I, I, based on what you saw from you know of the team this year. Do you think that they will be able to um, withstand that? Do you think they'll be able to? I almost want to say like rally around that and be like, "Look, no one's coming to save us." Um, the guys that are, you know, I'm picturing Fisdale like giving his opening night speech or something. Like the guys in this locker room, or you know, this is this is who we have. We got to go out and do it ourselves. Do you think that they have kind of the intestinal fortitude as an organization to to be able to to make that kind of a rally at this point? Um, Or is it too soon to say? I think
1: think it's too soon to say, but I also don't think that they ever, I think internally, I'm not sure that they ever got to a point where they felt like they were being saved. Okay. You know, like I I don't know if they can let themselves, they probably shouldn't let themselves get caught up in that. Like if you're a player, I don't think that you should be worrying about, you know, what's going to happen in free agency. I I think that you should just worry about getting better and trying to help the team on your own. Um, so I'm not sure if they if they if they're going to need it or if they've gotten to the point where like that's even like necessary at this point. So um, I think for the young guys if they don't get them they should look at it as an opportunity to really prove themselves. If anything, that's the way that they should look at it.
0: I completely agree. Um, what is what is the number one thing you're going to do over the next fifty? 50- Three and a half hours to distract yourself from all of the not news
1: well it's mostly just like because I know that once Sunday at six p m hits i 'm probably not going to be leaving the house
0: so you got to go buy some canned goods
1: yeah, so yeah, so between now and Sunday at six p m there will be a beer involved
0: <laughs> you know what what time is it right now it's
1: two o'clock it's two o'clock it's getting to that point, okay,
0: you know what fuck it um, yeah. i I think I have. I, I, I'm embarrassed to say, I think I may only have one can of beer, one. Yeah, no, that's not, um, it's a Friday. It's 90 degrees out. Um, yeah, what the hell? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down the block and make an investment. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Chris, man, uh, I always, uh, I can't thank you enough. Um, I say it every time, And I will continue to say it until the end of time Even after you're done covering this team And you're you're on to bigger and better things If you are listening to this And you are not following Chris on Twitter And literally reading him every time he puts something out Because it's all good And it's always informative There's always some nugget that you give That's like, I did not know that I did not think about that um you are awesome you're the best and i really just appreciate you taking some time on a friday
1: oh yeah of course i appreciate you saying that man thank you very much
0: yeah absolutely is there anything you need to to plug or promote before you go or
1: no not really just follow along at chris eisman on twitter we're at north com. so we'll uh like i said i will not be leaving the house once sunday 6 p.m hits so or at least until we go to vegas
0: what do you think climbing uh calls you up and allows you to break the news
1: uh, I would greatly I would welcome him to do that I'm not <laughs> sure if he's going to but you know, If he decides that that's the route He wants to take I'm not
0: going to shut him down. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's going to listen to this podcast in full. So, oh, I'm sure. That's you when know. he'll you – know, then he'll say,
1: oh, wait a second. Now I got it. That's the guy. That's the that's – the, hey, listen. Yeah, he forget he Woj. Yeah. He,
0: he could go and have a beer with you. I mean, you have a beer yeah. to offer him. So, yeah. Whereas <laughs> I have only one beer, so I can't even <laughs> offer him a beer. Uh, all right, man. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll be talking to you before long, but uh, it's been a pleasure as always. For sure. Thanks, man. Right, man. Take care,